All right, guys, so we're going to go live with Crystal Kovacs. She's a family friend. She's got a great story to tell. She's probably the most smartest um, individual that I actually know. She got ducks at the ducks. Right? This girl got more ducks than Shane Warne, right? But um, bad, bad pun. Uh, so I'm trying to get her on to come on and to basically tell, tell us her story. So let's just... Cool, so I can actually add. Fantastic, I think it was something to do with the camera. Um, so yeah, she's got a great story and I really want everyone to like listen to it. Mainly, hey Crystal. Live. Mainly, <laughs> mainly because she's got a great story to tell. So I'm not Ray Martin, right? I don't know how to do this whole hosting. I'm usually the center of attention. I don't know how to be in second in command. Um, so hopefully like this won't suck if that's why I want to talk less, so it won't. Um, but I think you've got a great story. I think, I think the reason that I wanted you on Facebook live is because there's more people that are struggling to know what they want to do because like I actually got family that are just finished their uni not long ago. They're exceptionally intelligent. They, they feel like they have to follow the status quo. They feel like they have to like, um, do what everyone expects of them rather than what they want to do. And I'm pretty sure you've seen my content lately. And so, you know, you're a family friend and I thought you've got like a really interesting story that I think will speak to so many. Um, and you already have some fans on here. So did you want to, like I said, you're the smartest person I know. You've got more ducks than Shane Warne. Um, and I said, like, probably one of the worst puns ever, <laughs> but, but it won't matter. Um, so did you want to... Like, tell us your story, and hopefully, if you run out of something to say, I'll pick it up. But I'm sure you have plenty. And start from the start from like when you finished uni and you went into law, and just just tell us about you. Yeah, sure. Well, firstly, Andrew, thanks so much for uh, having me on your show. Um, I've been following your content recently as well, and what you're doing around the entrepreneurial community and sharing just really some great content. Um, and being so authentic as well, um, that's really inspirational. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me on today. Um, but, yeah, look, to start right from the very beginning um, of my own entrepreneurial journey, um, we're going back around 13 years now. Um, so pretty much um, graduating Year 12 High School, um, 2005. Mm -hmm. And um, straight out of school, um, I went into a double degree at university in law and business. Um, and... My initial kind of goal was to become a lawyer. That was um, uh, the initial plan, but it wasn't very long before I decided or you know, experienced that I didn't enjoy law. It was boring, it was dry, and I didn't want to follow that conventional path. Um, and throughout like un my university years, I was always working as a private tutor, so um, teaching high school English and maths and um, also teaching piano lessons. So that was my side hustle. Um, working as a freelance private tutor, which was a great um, you know, supplementary income to while I was studying. And uh, yeah, pretty much by, so my, my course was like a five-year course, but already by year three, if not year four, I already knew that law wasn't for me. Um, but um, my other degree, which was my business degree, I was really interested in. Um, but studying business at university is like the least practical thing. Um, you know, that, that you could do to learn business. Um, I remember we were learning about 
billboard advertising and there was like social media wasn't even a thing back then so I probably now apply about like 0.5 percent of my degree in business um but in the end I did complete it and uh yeah I um already like yeah so the year four year five of my degree I already knew that um I didn't want to be a lawyer um but I did want to pursue business so coming out of um, my final year my first um like full-time professional job was actually in sales. I was a full-time salesperson in um, recruitment. So financial recruitment, which was basically uh, selling uh, people into jobs. Um, and that was one of the best learning experiences because it was hardcore sales, selling humans um, in the sense of like recruiting people. It's probably one of the hardest things you can do because mm -hmm. people can be liable and it's not like you're just selling um, products. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot about sales so um, that was really really uh, inspiring and I thought well I'm working so hard in sales and um, I was able to actually do quite well um, for, this, for the um, recruitment company I was working for and I thought well if I can work this hard for um, a business imagine if I did this for myself you know there's that saying I'm sure um, a lot of your audience may have heard like if you don't build your own dreams someone will hire you to build theirs mm -hmm. and um, I that really really uh, literally and I thought that's it. I'm quitting my job and I'm going to go and build something for myself. Um, and then that's when I um, started exploring ideas. Um, so I was already like doing, like I said, private tutoring um, all throughout my entrepreneurial journey. Only just recently um, in the last year, transitioning out of that. Um, and uh, I can kind of go into more of that, like the transition of different mm -hmm. types of models and entrepreneur, um, entrepreneurial like uh, approaches but I've tried my hand at a whole bunch of different um, businesses yes. many which have failed um, some have worked some haven't and uh, yeah it's been a long journey like a, a you know a good solid 12 years of um, in business and uh, over the years I've, I've learned probably the hard way of just through experimenting and trial and error um, I've now a very very clear filter of like a list of types of businesses I would never touch, um, things that I love. And it's like whenever I, you know, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we always have like shiny object syndrome, right? So it's like looking at business ideas, so many things could work. And now whenever I have ideas pop into my mind, which is like all the time. Shark Tank is um, not a show to watch. <laughs> Sorry? Shark Tank is not a good show to watch for me. <laughs> like I, I, just, yeah. I just got all these ideas. I'm like, no, <laughs> turn off TV. So go on. Yeah, no, I was watching um, Shark Tank um, last night, actually. I love Shark Tank. Um, oh, okay. But yeah. <laughs> it's um, quite sensationalised, I think, for, mm. for TV. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so no, absolutely. Like, oh. there's so many ideas um, that you come across and it's it's been quite selective because whatever you choose and commit to, um, it's it's such a, like, it's such a journey. And especially if you're going to really gain some traction, it does take a lot of um you know, persistence that you need to commit for a certain number of years. Usually, like, it takes at least three years to kind of get off the ground. So my problem was always jumping from one idea to the next as soon as I thought that my model was flawed or I'd come across something else that was different or better. Um, so, yeah, tried lots of things. And uh, now um, I have uh, settled on a business model and it's constantly um, evolving and improving. But now I've got a business model that actually does tick a lot of my filters um of what makes a good business for the type of lifestyle um that mm. that uh, i like which is online digital nomad 
um, not selling my time. Um, it's it's very <coughs> automated available. Um, so that's kind of like the the framework that I've created that allows that, which I can go into more detail um, if you think this would be of interest to your audience, um, that, that really starts with choosing your ideal lifestyle. Because oftentimes we go into business, um, especially entrepreneurship, for the freedom of mm. lifestyle. So um, I always start with that. What's your ideal lifestyle? It could be, for example, if, if you want to be able to work. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. I think we've lost Kay for a second then. We've just lost her. Kay, where'd you go? I think her internet shut off. Let me see if I can get Kay back. Cut off. Yes, we'll get it back. Don't okay. worry, I love I love I love problems. <laughs> it just you know what you know what you just did? You just made a video even more authentic. And I ain't even <laughs> gonna cut this out, man. It's gonna stay. Sorry. Right, what was this... what was the um sorry, turn my heater off, it's a bit warming here. Yeah. yeah um, what, was... Just... what was the last thing you said? Yeah, before I was talking to myself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't actually know. Uh, it was probably how you like the the digital nomad automated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um. Yeah. So that's right. So the biggest kind of learning that I got over the years of trying many different things was leading with um, my ideal lifestyle as a framework for choosing a business. Um, which is, I think, why I had chopped and changed so many times because I'd chosen businesses that could have worked but um, didn't actually give me the freedom and flexibility that I was hoping entrepreneurship would, um, which is why I went into it. So, uh, uh, so that that is something I would always start with now for choosing anything. Uh, but like I said, I, I can go into more detail about that um, around how I kind of came up with these filters and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what, what what made you? What made you like start like was law an interest to you or did you feel like you had to kind of do it like what was the reasoning behind first getting into law yeah um so i felt like i in all honesty um i felt like i didn't want to waste my uai points that is the most stupid thing that i like, like it's the most stupid decision to choose something but it was like not, not really because i think that's that how people part? think you know, in school, it was like you scored a high mark. What course are you going to choose? You're going to choose something that, um, I mean, this is really like that whole, you know, um, it was just, yeah, it was just the paradigm of, or this is how I was thinking. It was like mm. choosing something that was like a challenging course that um, that seemed like a sensible option. Um, and, you know, I see it all the time, like um, being in private tutoring, a lot of my students um, over the years who were the high achievers would automatically choose, I'm going to go and do a commercial law degree. That, that was like the default choice. 90, yeah. and there's actually a huge oversupply of lawyers who now can't get work. Um, but a lot of them come out of that. Um, and it might be a bit of um, parental pressure as well that um, I took on board. And, but at the, you know, the, at the end of the day, it was my decision and I take full um, ownership of that. And uh, 
yeah, you know, I did. I, I, I stuck to the end only because I wanted to have, um, you know, have completed it. I was in it for really like three years before I knew that um, it wasn't right. So I thought, oh, I'll stick it out to, to the end. And, um, I mean, there are, there are some benefits to having done it. Like I write all of like our own legal contracts for the most part. Um, I, I will get them like, you know, fixed up by a, a professional lawyer. But there are some little quirks there. <laughs> But, yeah, looking back, would I have chosen something different? Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Because I think that I'm really big on, like, I I just feel like a lot of kids would come out of, would come out of uni and depending on what they would be getting, they would feel like they have to go to university or they, they have to follow. And if that's what you want to do, fine. But I, I think that schools need to spend more. And I think what you did wasn't silly at all. I mean, I think that's what was the norm. That's what they, they, I remember like in like year 10, because I was a band three kid, not very clever at all. And they would literally divide us based on, are you going to university or you're not? Mm. Um, and I just think, I just think, well, that is changing somewhat, but I think that, there needs to be a little bit more on teaching our kids that there's, so, there's such a big world out there. And I think the hardest thing we have to decide, like like at school level, was that, like is deciding the hardest decision for the rest of our life, right? And I think that, and that's why I think there's there's not enough sort of like that nurture of listen, just because you're you're like you're really really clever, or doesn't mean you have to follow this path. And and no, I mean if you look at like in the business world, not not. Intelligence doesn't always mean you're successful in whatever capacity, whether that's financially. Um, and so I think that's just, that's why I find it very interesting with you, mainly because you ducked out of what that norm was. And what was very fascinating for me was you ducked out of that and went, you know what, like society and like wherever is telling me to go down this path. And you went, nah, I'm going to go down business because whether I'm good at it or not, that's sort of, where my passion is. And I think that's, that's what, that's what I find most fascinating about you. And for like the most audience on my Facebook, um, it's not the LinkedIn audience that I have. So it's more, that's what I like. And you can go like, sure, man. Like I love to hear like as you progressed and transitioned. Uh, but I find that uh, really interesting. I want to encourage like other people, like in, in this audience that there's such a big world out there. And I just, I just, I just want that to be more reinforced, um, in the community yeah, think, so much. Sorry, go on. You make a really good point. Um, going back to school, right, because when we um, were given options, I actually literally, I don't know if your school handed out job guides. It was like a little, <laughs> like a fat little textbook and it was um, a dictionary yes, of jobs. Do. do you remember that? Yeah, um, I remember and, it. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, and I remember. It was like that big. Hang on. It was like that yeah. big. Like a little white book. And, yeah. and I actually went through literally every single job um, and I would like write down a list of which one were my favorites and I would choose a list. And, and I ended up putting down lawyer, pharmacist, um, graphic designer, like I had my little short list. Sure. And none of them were entrepreneurial. There was nothing about um, anything to do with other than working a um, job, which is like, you know, selling your time for money, uh, working mm -hmm. for a company and yeah. uh, sense so i think i think the, the um society has changed a huge deal now you know we have concepts like um youtubers influencers entre entrepreneurship that is so much more socially 
um, acceptable and understood. And, you know, like a lot of the times now, I think when they're, they're talking in schools, they'll ask teenagers, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they'll, they'll say, I want to become a YouTube influencer. Like that was unheard of in our yeah. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, uh, but in saying that, like, I, I don't want to discredit the role of traditional education and university um, because it, like you said before Andrew it depends on what you want to do um, if mm-hmm. you want to become an entrepreneur and to dramatically innovate a particular niche within you know some sort of like um, medical field right Absolutely. then you'll then you might need to actually um, experience that path of might be a degree or you'll have to be fully submerged in that industry and it might be mm-hmm. that you know becoming a doctor or whatever, whatever path it may be, um, an engineer to be able to have those skills, knowledge and yep. industry experience to then innovate. Like that might be the path. <coughs> so it really depends on what you want to do. Absolutely. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to cure cancer, that's a great way to get into to, to, to biology or, you know what I mean? Of course, I was actually on the opposite side. I actually thought that I was actually never smart enough certainly to do this business thing. And I still face, I think, like, Am I, am I really smart enough to do this thing? Um, and I think on the flip side, that's sort of been like a self-confidence issue that I've had to overcome. But you're 100% right. Like it's all, self, it's, it's all self-discovery. I think it, that's my point is figuring it. What I love and very interested in is getting people to realise that it doesn't have to be that or it can be that. Like traditional education, will be, I mean, science will be around and actually, even like the technology that we're using for this is all really birthed out of technological advancements, right? So, of course, there's going to be the need for that. What else? more sort of suggesting is not just thinking that you have to go down one path, but that's why I was very curious, like how you kind of went like out of that. And I found that very, very interesting. So what else I found very interesting, Crystal, was like when I was following you quite a bit, was that whole entrepreneur's tribe um, like that, that interview you did with Dr. John Demartini, I think he has like over 100K views on YouTube. I think, I think that guy was just like, I'm sitting there listening to him and I'm thinking, I know he's speaking English. <laughs> I'm just, That's like next level self-development. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What, did you, what did you find most interesting out of all of those? And who was your, most, your favorite person? Because I'm going to encourage people to go and listen to that. All of them, really. Thanks, um, Andrew. And uh, I mean, I think that whole series, The Entrepreneur's Tribe, um, the whole purpose of that was to offer smart business education to um, budding entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. And and for me personally, going on that journey, it was all it was it was like my side hustle back then. Um, and in the end, I never monetized it. The goal was to create like a you know a television show, um, and we ended up creating a twenty part video series. Um, but uh, it was just like my personal journey of that, um, of, you know, interviewing so many entrepreneurs and successful entrepreneurs, it was just so inspiring to hear the behind the scenes of the little, you know, the tactics, the strategies of how they actually accomplish success. Um, okay. Dr. D was, yeah, I would say he was my favorite interview. Oh. Um, all of them. And, and I think because, because um, it was, what he was talking about was something I was, struggling with and relating to on my own personal level. Um, and that was about value determination. So he talked a lot about the value determination process and, um, and it's all about working out, well, what do you value? And then therefore 
designing your life around your core values. Um, and he actually has a fantastic quiz, which is free on his website, that you can go through this quiz. It's quite comprehensive. And in then it'll tell you what your values are um, based on that. And uh, it's extremely insightful. And I would encourage anyone to go and complete it. Um, and I personally completed that. Um, uh, and that's just kind of revealed a lot to me as well. So um, yeah, like, like I mentioned, it's free and anyone can just go and do the quiz. Um, but it's, yeah, it's fantastic. So Dr. Dean Montini, he was just so incredibly, um, uh, I mean, he's like a self-master at, um, you know, the personal development, uh, the mindset, and talks a lot about um, the fallacy of positive thinking. Um, one of the things in that interview, mm. which I thought was quite um, uh, surprising, was that he actually tracked his mood every single day for a whole year um, to <laughs> see how positive thinking and you know visualization, positive affirmations, whether that would affect his overall happiness. And every day he would measure, you know, where he was in terms of his happiness levels. And some days would be high, some days it would be lower. And in the end, it was neutral. Um, and then he ended up saying that, yeah, this idea of using positive thinking and trying to be positive all the time um, is actually flawed and that we as humans fluctuate all the time. Um, so, Absolutely. yeah, so, you know, like we have a lot of pressure, right, to be positive and to, you know, hype ourselves mm -hmm. up. And uh, I think we, that, that sort of unrealistic expectation can lead us into trouble. Um, and Because uh, it's not a singular, a... it's not like a singular like emotion, right? Like you can't just, go, I can't come to work and go, my work's going to get done, my work's going to get done, my work's going to get done, my work's going to get done. And go, oh, crap, my work's not done yet. You know, like, yeah. I think action, action is, it's not just positivity. I think it's, it's action. But, yeah, that guy, I wouldn't know what to really say to him. I'd feel sort of... Like, it's great that you were able to have a conversation with him. Um, yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. I think it's, I think, I think it's, a, it's, it's quite a lot of sort of understanding who you are, not just I want to think positive. Today. I think it's a lot of action. I think who we are as people is sort of, a, it's a very deep issue. It's a very deep thing. And I, I just try to touch on, like, one component of it because I've, I've figured out that I can totally separate myself from what anyone else thinks, and I can, and and when you do video, especially on video on LinkedIn, or like one of the things that will tell me is like, it's so great that you can like, like you've inspired me to do it. But which again, inspiration is fantastic, and I love it. But I'm like, if I see you create video because of me, that's more of a compliment. It's more the action, right? If I help you talk about this, then I then I've done then, I, then I've done something that I can be I can tap myself on the back. But just you telling me I'm inspired, so. That's one part of it, but it's like overcoming the judgment and the sort of like I have to care what you think in order to like do this video. I think most of us are sort of crippled by other people's expectations. And so I think overcoming that has been, that's just one little tiny area right, that I can talk about. Um, that's all I know on the whole sort of happiness spectrum thing that you went on about but with Dr. John. But yeah, no, I think that's it's it's help and people find that a little bit fascinating. Like how did you overcome that sort of you don't care? Um mm. and and how, how Andrew, because I've noticed like you um you just put your yourself out there so much and uh, you're right. A lot of um I mean that I've ex I've struggled with that a lot. Um being oh, imposter syndrome, feeling like 
um, do I have a right to talk about this? Have I achieved enough success to be able to be sharing and teaching about this? Um, yeah. uh, so, so what for you personally have you found that that's allowed you to kind of break through that and just be like, I don't care what people think, I'm going to just put myself out there? Well, I think I've come to, well, it's really hard. Like, because I get asked this question and I'm like, I'm like, I should really know because uh, I'm trying to help other people discover it. But I think it's, it's, um, it's, a com it's a combination of things. Ultimately, I know deep down that I've never got, I, it's expectations. I don't believe that I can help everybody, right? I'm not a guru or like, like, I'm not someone that's going to seriously sit here and say, I can solve the world's problems. Uh, I know everything about online marketing. I think it's, I think it's expectations. But I, I know that, and there's, a, there's, a, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I, I'm terrible at, I'm crap at, and there's a lot of stuff that everyone's going to be watching me who's judging and that says, oh, I watched your video, it was crap. I'm like, cool, no worries. Like, can you provide some more feedback? Like, and that kind of put people off because like, they want you to like, become angry and you don't. Because I'm 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 okay, I'm okay with not being perfect, and I thought, well, you know what? There is a little bit that I know. I know a little bit about online marketing, right? And 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 I think if you're starting out, I think there's a lot you can do with like like talking about your adventure. People love storytelling. Like that's like the number one component of marketing is is, is storytelling, and people don't want to just see like the, the the nice sort of professional text. They want to know who you are. They want to know who's behind the business. Business is people, as good old Donald Trump would say, right? So it's like that's what I found. And, and, and being able to sort of let go of that, I think it's been who am I? Who, what do I love doing ultimately? And thinking about it until my head explodes. Like why am I like being my own counsel, like basically. And I don't think people think about it that hard. Not, not, not like I did. I literally thought about it every day. Um, not not the happiness everyday thing like Dr. John did, which is like off the chart, but more about um, what do I want to do? Like I, I love online marketing, but but who am I? And like thinking, you know, I'm a people person. When it, when it all boils down to, and this is a, I did a crushing self doubt podcast on it. Was who am I? And, and and basically figuring out that ultimately I love people, I love engagement, I love connections. And so when you when you actually doing what you love and you're like talking about something that is like the pinnacle, it breaks down everything that you do, that you don't really care too much about what other people think at that point. And I think that it's it's okay to have a video where I'm coughing. It's okay to have a video where like crap breaks down because, hey, that's life. And and there's a lot of stuff, there's like 99% of life that I'm not good at, but that little 1% that, I, that I'm going to talk about, and if it helps somebody, it does. And I think that expectation on yourself, thinking that you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to solve the biggest problems, you don't have to be the smartest person in that field. You've got something to share. And um, and I think as I started doing this, I went, people coming to me and telling me, oh, those videos you did were really amazing. I'm like, really? Were they? I thought they were crap. Um, but I put them out there anyway because that's, that's the whole exercise, right? And and like getting to know people, and I think I actually had to do a podcast, and I did it like a whole personal podcast where I'm like, oh, in order to like, I'll put up all these posts that weren't getting any engagement, the people weren't really responding. I'll put something up about how I struggle with anxiety. Boom, DM messaging, message, message. Oh, can we have a coffee? Can we chat? Or 
like that was inspirational. You, and I want to talk about my story, blah, blah, blah. And again, I want people to start doing that rather than just tell me that they're going to do it. But that's a different issue. But I think the stepping out and going, all right, I'm so aware of who I am. I know that I'm not perfect and I know I can suck at stuff and I know I can be all these certain things. I can be broken, that's fine. And that vulnerability has like, rather than people take the mickey out of you and go, ha I'm going to kick this guy when he's down. They're like, oh my God, like this guy's just talking about stuff that is so amazing and, and especially with anxiety. And, and I think like when you break it all down, that's what people, people, out of all the content that I've ever produced, it's the anxiety and talking about vulnerability that mm. it gets me the most connections and engagement. So it's like, wow, like I have to like, in order to do what I love so much, I have to give everyone the true story, the authenticity. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of different things. And I, and I think not many people can do that. And I think that's sort of, and that's fine. That's okay. But for me, it was, it's like this crystal is what I, is what I'm all about. Like, yeah. I and you know, that. you being vulnerable, um, all of us, when we put out and be vulnerable and show that we are broken, flawed, we make mistakes. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think from my own um, experiences is that it gives people permission to also be the same, right? Because we are all trying to be perfect and, you know, have certain <laughs> um, and, yeah, when we, when we see people um, put themselves out there flawed and all, it's like, hey, maybe um, that's, like, permission for me. I can go and do that too and not have yeah. to wait. I don't have to hold myself back. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a connection on a whole, whole next level. Um, it's something that I a huge more deal because I, I I struggle personally with perfectionism a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It leads me to inaction. Like I end up um, waiting too long or not putting enough content out. That's certainly one thing that um, I struggle with. So it's yeah. I think I think what you're doing, Andrew, is incredibly inspiring. Um, and to see your journey as you like you said, you have to start somewhere. It's not going to be perfect, but if you don't start there then, well, you're never going to get to no. where everybody's wanting to go. So, yeah, keep and it up. Is, like, yeah. my, I, mean, I mean, with you, like, I mean, people struggle with video. Right? Like, I, especially my LinkedIn, like, more, more them, when they start telling me, oh, I have to start doing more video, I'm like, yes. And one, one person, I started that initiative, that Strangers into Friends thing, I don't know if you saw it on LinkedIn, where I literally emailed 1,200 people. Like, this was ridiculously time-consuming. Because yeah. I try to get the messages even a little bit custom, so not everyone got the same message. If I could, sometimes I couldn't, but I'll make sure that the, that I address the person. Um, and <laughs> what I found is that people are like, like when I when I when I try, when, people will give me suggestions like, you should just start telling people what you want, like in your in your in your email. Um, if you want to get more connections and engagement, start telling people what you want. And I'm like, okay, so I started doing that. No one replied. The next 100, like the next 50 people, I did exactly what I wanted. Nobody wanted anything. Um, when I sort of said, I started with, it's all about you. It's all about what I can provide you, right? This is, this is not the Andrew show. This is your show, right? So I just want to thank you for coming on, um, for being a connection of mine, blah, 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 blah. Um, I just want to be able to provide value to you. How can I possibly do that? Then that's when the engagement started going up. And like when you start listening to people steer you away from who you are, even on a small level, because when that, when that advice was probably sincere, right? 
there was sincere advice. Tell me what you want, say this, do that. And I followed it and, and no one responded. I'm like, then I'm not really being who I am. I'm just doing what everyone else tells me to do. And I'm like, what am I doing this for? I'm doing this so I can build connections. People don't want to like what you can give, like what you can provide them. They want, what, what can you give? What can they provide you? And sort of that sort of, what well, the other way around. And I think that's sort of um, what I love most about it was like, you know, them having meetings with people and then they asking me, you know, it's so fantastic that you're able to do like, like video, like I want to talk about leadership. And I'm like, well, why don't you? Why don't you talk about leadership? Oh, because like there's people out there that know more than I do. And I'm like, yeah, but there'll be something that you know. Like if you're truly, you love it, you, you're a leader in an organisation, so you have practical experience day in, it is your job and you have nothing to say about it? I don't think so. And so they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to think about it more. So, like, it, it's just figuring out that that's what I love doing so much and, um, yeah, and just, just being okay with the fact that I'm just an average Joe sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I found that very interesting. Like, like, don't let people define who you are. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, that's the takeaway. Because um, people aren't interested in what you what you acting. People don't want to know the actor. They want to know who you are. Um, and that's what I found really interesting along with all. Yeah, and I'll just say as well, um, Andrew. Like, if for your audience, um, anyone wanting to create content, one approach that I found really liberating. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think it was Gary Vee that had said this, um, although maybe talked around you know about a lot. Um, is that idea of document, don't create. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, it takes that pressure off of having to be that expert thought leader of um, I'm the expert and I'm going to teach you this, um, but rather absolutely in your journey, including the mistakes, things that don't work. Um, and by just documenting it, you're um, not necessarily, you, you're at the same level as your audience, not necessarily talking down to your audience. And yeah. uh, coming from that approach, um, it's just you... It's like, in a way, just, you're just vlogging um, and rather than preaching. And, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of pressure off and allows you to be human and more authentic. Um, that's something I, that I've recently started experimenting with more and plan to do a lot more of. Um, and just that different shift in mentality of I'm just sharing my process of what I'm learning, what's not working um, and everything. Almost like I'm just an experiment. I'm just experimenting and these are my results. It yeah. comes across as a different way, um, different, yeah, a different approach and uh, allows you just to focus on giving value rather than your image and all of that other stuff that can just get in the way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So did you want to talk to me about your digital nomad stuff? So what's the future for you, Crystal? What are you doing? Yeah. Well, well, I want to start seeing more content, right? So I'm going to hammer you on that. But yeah. how, can, how can, what's the plan going forward for you? Yeah, um, so at the moment I've got my um, education online tech startup, which is Tutanova. So we offer a um, online private tutoring lesson service. Um, yep. It's more of a traditional model, online private tutoring um, lessons. I've just recently started experimenting only in the last three months uh, with a completely different business model, which has never been done in the education space, which is unlimited editing and proofreading. Um, it's, it's pretty much an all-you-can-eat uh, monthly subscription service for students, um, high school and university students. Mm. And uh, last three months we've had triple the amount of customers sign up compared to our lessons in a third of the time. Um, that 
for, for me has just been a huge wake-up call in that I'll probably have to completely change the business model and, and pivot quite a bit. Um, but that, that approach is just kind of, um, yeah, it, it just sort of experimenting with that. That's leading me to a whole new direction of um, that whole um, online. Uh, I mean, the business is already online, but it's, it's a lot more system, uh, systemized, automated, and it gives a lot more like freedom. So going back to being a digital nomad, um, I mean, I don't do a lot of traveling, but when I define the word digital nomad, it's being able to work and live anywhere, even if that is on your couch, in your local coffee shop. Um, it's not being confined to traditional office hours or a physical space. Um, so one day I would love to be able to live um, anywhere, possibly overseas, um, and to not be trapped by uh, my business. Because oftentimes if we design a business that has a model that isn't scalable, we are only selling our time. A lot of us are, um, you know, like uh, freelance, um, creative professional services providers um, or coaches or consultants if we're selling our time it can have a lot of scale issues. You might end up being quite trapped in your business um, and, and uh, you know, you're quite capped. Like, if, for example, if you don't uh, end up bringing on consulting work, then you're not going to get paid. So there, there's a lot of, like, issues around. I found some of the traditional business models that are quite time-based or physical. Um, so, yeah, talking about the, the filters I've come up with for um, – myself going forward it's very much online automated systemized scalable um, and already applying these um, filters to my current business it's um yeah it's allowed for huge flexibility and freedom um where i would say like 90 90 to 95 percent of my time now is working on growing the business um and not working inside the business so i no longer do any teaching or marking um, i've completely outsourced that um and it's it's a fantastic place to be i mean i in the beginning like i did all of this myself and i was completely burnt out and overworked um and yeah it was really really hard but trying to just kind of push through that into the next phase. If you really want business to give you that freedom, um, I think that that's essential. Like you need to build something that is scalable um, if you don't want to be doing all the work yourself. Fantastic. And so are you going to be creating many videos around, like is that the videos I saw on you, I think that was the branch of the, entre the Entrepreneur's Tribe is that connected with Tutanova? Are you going to be doing any sort of video around that or your video stuff is more just entrepreneurship, which is going to be separate than what you talk about? Is that, is that sort of? Yeah. Um, so the education business, that, that is my startup. That is completely separate. Um, like that's its own entity. <clears throat> Me with entrepreneur videos, that's my side hustle. That is my passion. I love talking about entrepreneurship. Um, I haven't monetized it. Like me creating videos, that's just, that's my creative outlet. I just, I just mm. love this stuff. I can yeah. talk about it all day and I know you can too, Andrew. Um, I'm so holding back here. I'm holding <laughs> back. I'm not, I'm not trying to steal the show, right? You know how I am. I can just start talking. I'm holding back. Sorry, girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, that it's it's separate. Like like that that's the business um, and the education um, startup. So what I want to do with the entrepreneurial um, videos and content is <coughs> to document my journey um, and to do a lot more sharing of behind the scenes of what I'm doing as an entrepreneur. We see a lot of entrepreneurs um, who are in that B two B space who don't run a business 
outside or haven't run a business outside of their coaching business. Um, and I know that in like those that want coaching, a lot of the time they'll say, I want to get mentored and coached by someone who actually knows how to run um, a business outside of their coaching business or at, who's actually been in the trenches, actually experienced um, running a business outside of their um you know, outside of their current business and what they're trying to teach. So um, I'm trying to, from that approach, use um, Tudanova or whatever that may evolve into because with with kind of the new model that's, that's um, looking to pivot, I'm trying to use what I'm actually doing in, in you know, using a real business and actually see that as um, the behind the scenes of experimenting and trying in diff different things that I can then use to teach. Um, what I want to do eventually in sort of long term is um, move into more business mentoring and um, working with entrepreneurs. And that's sort of like my longer term goal. Um, but I've got, you know, a real startup that I am working on, <coughs> um, which is like that's my main focus now. Um, so, yeah, I think the entrepreneurial stuff, it's, it's really just to show the behind the scenes um, of something that's real that I am really working on and that when I do eventually move into coaching and I do plan to create like, um, you know, teaching online courses and creating some digital products around helping entrepreneurs build online scalable um, businesses, yep. I've got something that I can use to teach that I know has worked and I'm not just making stuff up um, from whatever. <laughs> and like what, what, what? And I'll tell you what I what I find the hardest about entrepreneurship. I want to hear what you think, and also advice for what other people think. Then we'll close it up. Um, I think the hardest thing for me running the business has been the public speaking, and like representing me and representing Omega Digital. And for the last last month, talk about like not caring what other people think. Like I would never have thought I could do public speaking in a million years. Who wants to listen to this voice? Really? Who? Right? <laughs> Like, I had so many problems overcoming that. So I've found that representing the business on the top and being at the – I don't mind the social media head. Like, obviously, clearly, I don't mind that component of it all. But then, for me, the hardest thing about entrepreneurship is having to represent um, in a public speaking setting. So that's been my most difficult thing to overcome, and I'm happy that I started doing it. Uh, what do you think – is the hardest thing in terms of entrepreneurship that you find that most people struggle with or what you struggle with? The hardest thing by far is feeling the fear, the resistance, whatever it is. Usually it's what people think. Um, yeah. And it's not the fear of when they see a video. It could be the fear of seeming too pushy when it comes to email automation or it might be that... Mm. Um, you know, you don't want like you're feeling the resistance of doing that third follow-up sales call or like it's not just like in content, right? Like that resistance of fear of being that hustler, um, you know, the like being pushy or like whatever sort of limiting self-beliefs we might have around being a business person, um, trying to, trying to um, push past that resistance. So um, oftentimes it's being an entrepreneur is it's a constant state of living in um, that feeling of being uncomfortable. It's it's feeling that perturbation, that fear of being on the edge of your comfort zone all the time. It's always uncomfortable. As soon as it becomes comfortable, well, then you know that you're not pushing yourself um, in, into growth, which isn't necessarily like I don't want to kind of label things as good or bad, um, but 
generally from what I've experienced that that transition into growth um, which comes with huge breakthroughs that's always very uncomfortable and quite um, unpleasant so often you know when we talk um, we talk about passion a lot, right, in entrepreneurship, and there's a lot of pressure on us to do what we're passionate about. Um, one thing that I've experienced lately is that passion is quite a um, it's quite a tangible feeling that comes and goes. And as an entrepreneur, um, I personally would say don't get too caught up about being passionate about the technical work itself. For example, if you love golf, it doesn't mean that you have to set up you know, um, a business in the golf industry. Like there's a difference between a hobby and an actual business because a business mm-hmm. doesn't need to be able to serve a real real world need. Um, and so trying to actually find something like talking about passion, you can be passionate about um, the process, about the systems, about the game, the game of business. Mm. Um, I think you can be passionate about that. Um, and one thing that I've struggled with a lot is having a maturity around it because before I was too much, I was, I was, um, and so, you know, even now I'm, I'm still, um, there's some days where I'm just like letting my emotions dictate my actions too much, but it's mm-hmm. moving that attachment from what do we feel like our emotions, the fear, I'm passionate about this. Like sometimes you just got to put that aside, do what needs to be done, moving you toward your end goal, whatever that is. So, um, at the moment it's, um, for myself, it's, moving through the dip. Um, I don't know if you watch um, one of my videos. I talked about the dip, which was um, inspired by Seth Godin, the dip. And he talks about um, whenever you start any project, inevitably there'll be a dip, which is like, if you imagine a, you know, roller coaster ride, it's like you mm. move to a dip, which is this state of resistance. Um, the work starts getting really hard. You kind of lose that excitement um and you lose that enthusiasm of whatever you're doing so um pushing through that dip i tell you what when you're in that dip you're not feeling passionate <laughs> um you're not no, feeling you're not. you hate it you feel like you don't want to get up in you know sometimes from out of bed in the morning um and so sometimes that expectation of if you're an entrepreneur you do what you're passionate about you're always going to be inspired and motivated and positive um that can be quite dangerous because um yeah, it's not always going to be like that. And sometimes, like from, from my own experience, the biggest struggle has been having that maturity to move aside my emotions um, that can sometimes get in the way of uh, doing what I need to do to achieve my own goals. You know, we, we end up getting in our own way sometimes too much. So, yeah. A very well, long definitely... <laughs> no, that's a, fan, that's a fantastic response. Um, and I'm, I've felt that many times in six years of running a business, I've definitely felt the dip. And I can't say I haven't because I know there'll be people watching this and be like, bullshit, you told me you were feeling that dip. Um, And I'm very passionate about online marketing and absolutely. And it's the same thing. Like I actually sort of tell people like, if you, if you, if they say, oh, how to, how to all like, like people that aren't very techie that I'll know, like, like, like how do all these people like make money playing video games and like, um, I love video games. No one ever want to watch me. And I'm like, because there's still a little bit more to it, right? It's not just I love video games and that's it. Like if I tell people if it's your hobby and you love talking about it, like if you want to film your video gaming in sort of your hobby time and you want to like film it and you want to like eventually start it as a, as a career that you can't give it everything you, you, you want, 
then you've got to play video games anyway, right? So why not film it? Why not do a bit of work around it? Because nothing comes like nothing comes easy. So you have, to, you have to have a bit of a perk. You have to like play the game. You have to like record the screen. You're gonna have to like do like a voiceover. You're gonna have to like add a bit of personality. You're gonna you have to work, right? You have to work, and if you do that, see how it goes. Like it's your hobby anyway, right? So you're gonna do it anyway. So if you think that you can make a career out of it and you don't want to give up your job, don't, and build your like like build sort of something around it and see if it takes off. I mean, I tell, like, my old man, like, he loves fishing. He goes fishing every single day. Like, he knows so much about fishing that I would say, I told him, like, about, like how much you can teach people about fishing. You've been fishing since you're five and you're, like, 70. So you've got 16 years of, like, like, fishing experience. You can just talk to a camera and people would listen to you. They have no idea they're interested in fishing. And if, you, if it doesn't become a million-dollar enterprise, it doesn't matter. Like you're talking about something that you love doing. So it doesn't always have to even be a passion has to be a business. Cause I'll tell you one thing, if you're going to, and I want to hear like your, your feedback um, for entrepreneurs and then not be it, but like losing when I started 30 grand in my first year, like for me, that's pretty much all the money I had. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like something I saved up over like four or five years of working and putting money away and like, and like and seeing it go all in one year. Um, that nearly that 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 was the closest I've ever come to throwing in the towel, and I hadn't even started yet. And so, like, if you're gonna like, I agree with you. Again, it's all education, right? If you're gonna start this business, you have to be prepared. And I tell people like, try to go like I would go that route. I would like, don't give up your job. Try to find a way around. You can you can incorporate sort of your other time on the weekend. Maybe sacrifice going out to like do stuff around it. I'm all for that. Um, because I felt the, the the dip mentally, psychologically, and losing that much money, I, I I still feel I still think about what I go through. When I did my six year journey, and I sort of talked about every single year till now, like those feelings that I was talking about, it came rushing back, um, yeah. and that and that and that's probably the worst I've ever felt in my life. That was like high stress, high anxiety. They don't tell you that part in social network. You know, like if you want to start like an app, everyone wanted to start an app after that social network. So it was, it was quite, um, you know, the movie, anyway, um, about the Facebook. Everyone wanted to create an app after that. I'm like, it's a lot harder than just creating an app, right? With a bunch of guys sitting around drinking beer, it's very, it's much more difficult than that. So to, to close, Crystal, what, what, what advice would you give to anyone based on all that entrepreneur tribe stuff that you did? If anyone's out there thinking about starting a business or thinking about going out of uni to do their career or their passion, you've got the next five minutes, whatever <laughs> long you want, um, no pressure. Um, what advice would you give them if they're at uni and they were thinking about leaving to start something that they love? And if they do, what can they expect? Which I think you kind of already touched on, but I'll let you. And what did you feel? And then you can close it. Um, really great question, Andrew, and, and it's a huge but important question. Um, I would say that trying to know, it's a lot of pressure on um, on yourself to know what you want to do when you're 17 or 18, straight out of school, or even if you've already chosen uni and you're like, mm, I don't really know if this is going to be my end thing, is this what I really want to do? It's a lot of pressure. And oftentimes we don't have the answers because we don't know what 
yeah. that right I mean oftentimes there is no right or wrong we're just on a path and we journey and we try different things and we change our minds and we have passions and then we lose our passions and it <coughs> evolves um, yeah. trying to answer that question of well what what should I be when I grow up or what is my passion? Um, it's kind of like asking, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream when all you've ever tried is vanilla? Like you won't be able to answer that question. Um, so I think to offer any advice, it would be not to try to guess about what flavor you might like, what career path or industry or business you might want to do, but rather explore research and do it in a way that is low risk and there's not much commitment it might be reading books about the subject like if you if you've always been interested for example in um online marketing for example go and do an online marketing course on udemy for 15 dollars, or um go you know go and research read some books about the topic um immerse yourself in exposing or expose yourself to different industries, different areas, different types of businesses to see what, um, you know, like attracts your interest. And I think that's a good starting point and be very uh, varied and be very diverse. Don't just like look at one and be like, Oh, I like this. I'm going to try it. Mm. Cause if you have only tried vanilla, you try mint and you're like, Oh, I like mint, but then you haven't actually tried everything else. And you know, maybe if you had mint is like fifth on your list, like, yeah. you you want to really give yourself the best um, option. So try different things in a way that's low risk. And when I say low risk, it's like don't go and start necessarily a startup in something if that's going to be um, you're just kind of dabbling. So um, because, because again, you're going to end up in the dip and you might want to have tried different things and tasted, like dip your toe in the water of different things before you actually commit to anything. Um, that would probably be the best um, advice. Another thing that um, I found really um, inspiring for myself, which linking back to Dr. Uh, Dr. Demartini was um, the value process is that the essence of that was look around yourself at things in your house, the things that you think about, look at all the books on your bookshelf. If you read books or if you don't read and maybe you watch lots of YouTube videos, look at what you watch on YouTube. Um, what do you watch on TV or like, look at what you surround yourself with the podcast oh. you listen that will give you a hint about what you are aligned with if you are trying to do something you're passionate about. Um, and just by kind of, because naturally we will attract those things around us. So if you're wanting to do oh. something you're passionate about, look around at those topic areas, those industries, that will kind of give you some feedback. Um, and then before you just go and start any business, decide on what type of lifestyle you want to live. Do you want to be selling your time for money? because there'll be a limit to how much you can do of that. Do you want to be um, able to travel? If you want to travel, then maybe a bricks and mortar store is not for you. Go and look at your lifestyle, ideal lifestyle, in the next five to ten years, because that's probably realistically how long it might take for you to really build, scale, and succeed mm. in business. Um, start with that, and then from there decide what type of business models will fit those categories and which don't. Um, for example, I would, I mean, never say never, but I, I don't think I'll ever do any project-based services business. Like I wouldn't start a project-based agency model. I hate doing requests for proposals. I hate sending invoices. I love them to be automated. E-commerce, jump on the website. I don't have to like close on the phone or in person. There's certain things that I, having done this, like I just wouldn't touch again um, or would prefer not to do as a business model. So you might find that 
um, based on your lifestyle of what you like and don't like. Again, you'll learn this as you experiment. Um, use those filters before you design a business model because there are certain businesses that will give you more flexibility, freedom and lifestyle that um, you like. And, again, the reason why I kind of hype on about lifestyle is because we often choose entrepreneurship for freedom. That's why we do it. Um, so because that kind of is a starting place for a lot of people of why, why they do it, I think that's so important to choose the right business model and the right industry um, as mm. that starting place before just committing yourself to doing something and then, you know, regretting it later or, um, yeah, having, having that, like having trapped yourself in, in something that might not be what you thought would actually give you that fulfilment. Yeah, and, I, and it's, it's, it's self-awareness. And I, I'm so happy that I sort of, before I started Omega Digital, was APG with web design because I couldn't, uh, I signed a non-compete clause. It was great to like, and I never actually planned on ever starting a business. It's kind of just, uh, we talked about it with one of our wife, who you know. Um, so so it was, it was, it was great to kind of be in, searching and optimization. It was good to be in online marketing because when I, I kind of got into online marketing as a mistake, and that's the thing about trying different flavors and things like that, I think that's perfect analogy. Um, but yeah, I, I actually left thinking I was going to be in web design and now look where mm -hmm. I am. Um, and one thing kind of led to the other. And, and it was great that I sort of saw the highs and lows of what it's going to be like in online marketing before starting the business. So I think that's you're spot on. You're spot on. I think that's that's what you want to do. It's hard, though, if you don't. I think if you start a business when you've been in the industry working for someone else, it's a good advantage because you can see the spectrum. But like hey, you mentioned it, like it's a great idea if you don't have that luxury, I guess, um, see what, what you're aligned with. And it's self-awareness and self-discovery. And I think it's the same thing with the videos. Like, how, like overcoming that was just thinking about who I am at a like, until I, like, for pretty much for a year, same thing, like, just obsessing over who I am. And I think um, a lot of what I want to do isn't even connected with online marketing. Yeah. Um, Andrew, um, you, you mentioned there, like, you thought you were going to be a web, web designer and then look where you are now. Um, sometimes, and when we open this conversation today talking about physically opening a job guide and choosing a career, yeah, yeah. often... Even as entrepreneurs, we still fall into that trap of what business do I want? Well, what what do I want to be? I want to be a web designer. I'm going to set up a web designer. <coughs> like there's too yeah. too much of that um, seeing ourselves as the technician. And the more successful yeah. your business is, the less you are going to be of a technician, unless you want to always be a solopreneur. Um, but that's not yeah. scalable. You're just a freelancer selling your time. And again, there's nothing wrong or right. But if you want to have scale, if you want to build a business, sure. that's that can run without you then you shouldn't be the technician um right. the business right so um so oftentimes when we choose a business you don't have to be limited to your skills as a technician you can outsource that um at the moment now with my um uh, uh unlimited editing service we have professional full-time editors and proofreaders i mean i've got a i've got some experience proofreading and editing high school level um you know, essays, but now we're like moving into much challenging like thesis and university editing and referencing citation. All of this is now like moving outside of my own 
um, expertise and I've hired now people that it's beyond me trying to train myself and do the work anymore. So you don't have to be limited to the, your options based on your own technical skills. Um, a, a fantastic entrepreneur that has been a huge inspiration for me and my whole business model has been inspired by his business, which um, was very successful, is Dan Norris. Um, he started WP Curve um, and also wrote the book, The Seven Day Startup, um, fantastic book, which I designed my business um, following this approach of that kind of like minimum viable um, product, something yeah. you could test and launch. And uh, he had never, so, so his business, WP Curve, was, was unlimited web edits a month, small web edits that would take less than 30 minutes um, a task. And he had no experience in web design. He wasn't a web designer. He came up with this concept. He knew that from day one he wanted to outsource the work of web design, so he outsourced it for cheap overseas. Um, and uh, um, in a matter of a few years, I believe it was, he sold his company to uh, GoDaddy and um, made a huge, um, I assume would have been made a huge you know, cash out on that because it was a hugely successful business. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you don't have to be the technician and you certainly don't have to have the skills to limit you to choosing a business. Um, and I remember listening to... Um, I think it was it was either Tony Robbins or it was one. It was that um, it was a book about it was a book about startups. It was either, it was either Tony Robbins or, or the startup. And one of the mistakes people think is that when they if they did if they do start a business, they have to be they have to be the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I think the entrepreneur is a is a is a is a skill set in itself. And when you start a business, this is what I can't remember was it Tony Robbins, which I'm pretty sure was Tony Robbins. You're either like you're you're either like the technician, as you said, you're either like in you're in it, and then you have to like bring on a CEO either by selling equity or something like that. Um, you have to then you're either the manager of a team, or you're the entrepreneur. And everyone that starts a business always thinks they have to be the entrepreneur, when in fact there could be all there could be one of those three. Which I found, which I actually love it, and when I look over businesses like with my family and, and seek sort of where they went wrong, it was all that expectation there had to be that one, and not the other two. When their skill set may be the other two, so that I think that's another. That, that, I think that was very interesting. But I want to thank you very, very much for your time, Crystal. I really do appreciate it, and I'm it's sure you have helped so many people. Like, and I want you. You have to come back on. We have to start talking. Let's let's do another one again. This is very very interesting. I don't think we. This time I'm going to talk more next time. Um. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed today, and um, I know, like like before this chat, you were saying, you know, we could literally talk on for like thirty hours because or well, thirty like, decades. Yeah, yeah, thirty decades. I think it was. It's like because there's just so much. Um, there's so much going on to it. It's the personal level. It's the business level, and uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed today, and. Um, you know, like I think what you're doing and just really being able to have these very authentic conversations, sharing all of the crap behind the scenes, uh, what it's really like. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really a, it gives permission for people to, to feel the emotions, to feel the struggles. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we need, we need to have more of these conversations. I am who I am. So I don't, that like, you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't like, and I move on with that. Yeah. How, do, how can people reach you? 
Yeah, um, so you can jump on my Facebook page, um, so facebook.com slash crystalcovacs, um, or my YouTube channel as well. Um, that's where I make my entrepreneur videos, and my business is Tudanova. That, that's my startup. That's what I... Um, Tudanova.com.au, is it .com? Yeah, .com. Yeah, connect with me there, add me as a friend, um, like my page, and uh, you can see some of the content that I'm creating. Excellent, Crystal. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Have a great right. day. Bye. You too.